When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman, and you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system. Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When static's in the house, bad guys better step off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to episode 208 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter page. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to episode 208 of the DCAU Review. We are in a new month here of May, which means we are uh, selecting another different series to cover after an exciting month last month with the Justice League. Uh, we are uh, moving back to those sunny skies of Dakota for another Static Shock Month. That is right, Cal. We are, uh, we are as, as with uh, a lot of our non-Batman shows, we kind of jump around with Static Shock. And uh, this week we find ourselves back in the very early episodes of this series, back in season one, uh, with a, an interesting episode. And despite what the title might tell you, it's not a killer doll on loose. But yes, this episode is in fact called Child's Play. Honestly, with a title like that, and as many like like homages and fun fun little itty bits that they had in there, they could have thrown in a, a killer doll, and it would have would have made a little more sense. But uh, before we get into talking about the fun that we had on this week's episode, I assume we can get into the plot for this week's episode and the official IMDb plot synopsis, brought to you by. The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash the pod tower and subscribe. Not only do you get our full catalog, our back catalog, including all of the archives and bonus episodes, but in addition to that, you get content from our friends over at the Watchtower Database and Tim Talk. Liam, this episode, Child's Play, originally aired on the Kids WB here in the U.S. back on December the 3rd, 2000, meaning we are coming up here in a few months on the 22-year anniversary of this episode's debut. That is right. So as mentioned, this is the synopsis for Child's Play, which is written by Stan Berkowitz, directed by James Tucker, with music by Derek Thornton and animation by the duo of Top Draw Animation and the wonderfully named Slightly Offbeat Productions. Uh, And that synopsis reads as such. Eight-year-old Dwayne McCall, who has the power to make anything his young mind can imagine, is being manipulated by his evil older brother, Aaron. Aaron wants to use Dwayne's powers for his own gain. You think he probably could have just said manipulated by his evil older brother and not thrown in that last sentence there. It's just needless information that elongated mm-hmm. the description. Still, 
to see, I guess. See, yeah, I, I, I would say that would be implied. That sentence would be implied by the evil brother manipulating the, the child. Uh, also, wrong information, right? Stepbrother, very clearly, yes. stepbrother. So that's a big plot point of this episode, as we'll get to, but yes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we open up the episode here and we are at uh, at Virgil's dad's uh, community center, I believe is where, mm-hmm. where we take place first. And uh, we we open up on this scene and there is what appears to be a man of the cloth, a priest of some kind outside uh, talking about impending judgment and the end being nigh. It's very non-denominational. I will say that there is the, <laughs> the name God is never used. Uh, the only thing signifying it's very obvious that he's a priest. He's wearing a priest's collar and he sort of has the uh, a priest robe on in addition to it, uh, in addition to shouting the end is near and that all accounts will be settled. But the, he doesn't ever invoke the name of God. And I have to assume that had something to do with the uh, the standards and practices of not involving direct religions into uh, into sure. a, into the children's cartoon. But it's heavily implied that this man <laughs> is is preaching fire and brimstone here at the beginning and uh, demanding that everybody turn from their ways. Uh, there is a fountain that is sitting outside of this this. Uh, community center that appears uh, to change its form and this man purports it to be a sign a sign that he is doing a good job standing out there and uh, as as Virgil is inside with his dad attempting to uh, to get some money out of him they notice the commotion that's happening outside Virgil's dad goes to investigate and uh, definitely tries to to uh, to call out the the gentleman and ask him why he's done some this damage to his to his fountain and the the priest of course maintains that he did nothing that this was a sign uh, an act from someone up above and uh, it appears i guess the the intimation is that people are thinking that it's turned from water into wine or perhaps water into blood but as static goes to investigate he learns that in fact it is not blood but cherry soda what did you do to my fountain it wasn't my hand that did this brother it was no human hand at all don't give me that. You can't deny it. This is a sign from above. A sign of... Cherry soda. Say what? This red stuff is cherry soda. Man, what you got against me? Who spiked the fountain? Beats me. It was working fine an hour ago. And this leaves everybody there sort of stroking their their chins and scratching their heads, wondering what on earth is going on. And from there, we transition back to school uh, where Richie and Virgil are walking down the hall, recounting what's happening with Daisy. Daisy mentions that uh, there was another strange incident that occurred in another part of town where uh, there was snow that came from the ground and or it came from the sky rather, and uh, but it didn't actually turn out to be snow. It turned out to be vanilla ice cream. So there's all these happenings that are going on. And it's at this moment that Virgil looks up and happens to see a, uh, a returning person to the school, someone that we've not yet met before, but someone purported by the name of Aaron, who is just returning from, uh, from boarding school or correction school. I forget how they put it, but uh, uh, reform school, reform school. I, I knew it was some sort of cliched 
like kids um, or like uh not <laughs> like they didn't say it wasn't juvenile hall or like like something it's just reform school whatever mm-hmm. that means uh, so they sent him to reform school he's back from there virgil goes up to say hello and uh let's just say aaron is isn't isn't really interested in having much of a conversation with him and uh treat gives him a bit of the cold shoulder despite virgil's best efforts to welcome him back to the school <gasps> Aaron, maybe we should say hello to him. You can say hello. Who is this guy? Aaron Price. He's been uh, away for a while. Hey, Aaron, remember me? Virgil Hawkins. Just want to say welcome back and... Why, thank you, Virgil. It's nice to be back. So where has he been? Reform school. Hope you bought a round-trip ticket. Yeah, so we, we kind of set up from there, and from there we go back to the community center where we see some some kids playing basketball and sort of arguing, just like any like Twitter comment section under an NBA <laughs> highlight. Uh, people are arguing about players from different eras and and who could beat who, and and this kid Dwayne, who we meet, who we also saw in that opening scene uh, when the the fountain got transformed. Uh, uh starts talking about a, a comic book character that he loves and and how he could he would be the best basketball player it's uh and of course the kids are uh, are sort of quick to make fun of him and as a result uh that very uh, ca- uh character they don't call him dinobot because i think that's trademarked by uh Dr- this is dreadbot dreadbot 3000 dreadbot that's, yeah. that's right but uh but yes a big sort of transformer style robot bursts through the wall and starts wreaking havoc on the basketball court and uh virgil and, and richie had just arrived so of course static springs into action and quickly is sort of figuring out that his uh his powers don't seem to be affecting the uh the robot and and meanwhile, we, we do find out that, in fact, this kid, Dwayne, uh, has a stepbrother, as mentioned in our synopsis, who is, in fact, that same troubled kid from Virgil's school, Aaron. And, and uh, you know, Dwayne really wants to spend time with Aaron. Aaron's not interested. He's interested in watching Static fight this giant robot. So suddenly, the giant robot disappears, in fact, transforms back into a, a little dog. And... Uh, that leaves static confused as well as sort of leaving Aaron uh, a little bit suspicious. And we, uh, we set up pretty quickly that Aaron doesn't seem all that interested in, in being a part of part of, uh, of Dwayne's life, but it's sort of being forced to, and uh, it causes some concern as, as they begin to leave together and, and Virgil's father sort of costs them. And, and we figure out very quickly that this is the, this is maybe not a great, great home situation for Dwayne, but uh, not really much Virgil's father can do in that moment. Since he is technically allowed to uh, to take Dwayne with him, and and they and they go on their merry way as they uh, as Aaron goes on to meet with with a friend and is sort of just constantly clearly doesn't want anything to do with Dwayne until once again he sees uh, he sees Dwayne has somehow gotten himself a chili dog and he doesn't understand where because there's no restaurants around he didn't dig it out of the trash and and uh, Aaron sort of at that point puts two and two together that uh, that Dwayne was in fact affected by the big bang that big bang must have been some party too bad I missed it oh yeah it was weird there's this huge purple cloud kind of glittery they came from out of nowhere how do you know so much about it I don't know hey want to get some food you like hot dogs don't you not hungry 
And your mother's the one who feeds you, not me. Yo, Ray. Aaron, my man. Where you been? Long story. Stay. We'll talk later, when the kid's not around. Who is he, anyway? Your brother? Step brother. Hey, where'd you get that? I was hungry. I asked where you got it. No food places around here. You didn't take it out of the trash. You, you made that. You were in the Big Bang, weren't you? And now if you want something bad enough, it just happens. Like that hot dog or the monster back at the community center. Aaron, please don't say anything. Please, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, and that he has a, pretty much a magic power. <laughs> like, you know, it's like Hot Streak can shoot fire. And then there's like a purple, there's a guy who turns into like a purple Hulk or there's like rubber band man. And then there's this kid who can do anything. <laughs> Well, he can and it's, turn anything into anything else. He can literally transform matter into other forms of matter. Like that's this person is immensely powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is he. And, and the the crazy thing, of course, and the the thing that's interesting in the the plot itself is that he's an eight year old boy, so he has the imagination and 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 the the ability to create whatever he wants to, but very very largely stays in this world of fantasy as we learn the uh, static and richie who are believe that maybe maybe Dwayne has something to do with this i uh, decide to go and investigate by going to to Dwayne's house and speaking with his mother so they talk to her and i don't know why this woman believes that these two like 14 year old boys are representatives <laughs> for for anything let alone uh let alone this after school program or whatever uh but uh, they they convince her that they should get information from her about more information about Dwayne. so they she divulges the information that he was around during the time of the big bang and uh, and he had gone outside in an attempt to rescue their dog, and she doesn't believe that he was actually affected by it. But she did mention that since she had married Aaron's father, that he had largely Dwayne had largely largely retreated into video games and comic books, which that allows Static and Richie to sort of look at each other and recognize that hmm, some of these things appearing out of nowhere, <laughs> including the Dreadbot 3000, who Static was familiar with from the video game, uh, looked very familiar from him. So uh, it's at this point that we flash back and Aaron is basically at this point fully and completely trying to manipulate Dwayne as best as he can. But because Dwayne is an innocent child, he does have a good heart about him and isn't just ready to straight up do evil things. So they're at this construction site and Dwayne is trying to convince him to turn this nail into a, a car key so they can steal a an expensive looking car. And Dwayne has his reservations about that. This is just after him turning something, a popsicle stick into a hundred dollar bill, but he's never seen a hundred dollar bill. So he turns it into like a play money, hundred dollar bill. And Aaron's mm -hmm. mad at him and yelling at him. So uh, Dwayne has this conscience about him, which I thought is endearing because he, he does have this child's innocence about him and believes, hey, well, I shouldn't just use my powers for evil and steal cars. That's not right. So Aaron takes him to uh, to out just or points over to the bank and recognizes uh, an opportunity there as he tells Dwayne that these people took advantage of him and did him wrong and that uh, it's their their opportunity now to to get even at that point. So he sort of 
sort of manipulates him in that way. So that leads us to our next moment as they stand across from the bank and he, uh, Dwayne sends in Sumo Kiri, who I believe is a cartoon <laughs> that we learn once, uh, once he begins his fight with, with static, a, a very funny, funny looking uh, Asian stereotype, I guess is, is, is how it could be, how it could be. Unfortunately, this show, we, we've talked about it in, in prior episodes as well, but doesn't do a lot for, for, reinforcing or does a lot it does a lot to reinforce asian stereotypes and at times it's uncomfortable mm-hmm. but uh this cartoon character sumo kiri who just screams nonsense and uh is destroying the bank takes this opportunity and uh, to to break into it Dwayne is is uh, having the character try to break into the safe despite his protests aaron says not only has he ripped have they ripped him off but uh, lots of other people as well trying to encourage him that this is in fact right. Sumo Kiri? Yeah. And without the commercials. Come on, Dwayne, make him open it. Don't disappoint me. He'll get it done, bro. I think electricity would affect you. You're imaginary. But that ball's real. This ought to hold you. Nice shot. Static does show up at this point, and we get our first little skirmish here between uh, between Static. Well, I guess it's a fo- it's the follow up battle to Static versus Dreadbot. It's Static versus Sumo Kiri, and it's actually a, a fun little fight that they have. It is so. Like as I, I think we we mentioned, so Static's electricity does not affect these things, mm-hmm. and uh, but like other things do. Like he yeah. can drop, he can drop things on it. He can drop other like solid objects or tie it up using a metal bar, like a steel girder or, or things like that. So he can, he can kind of use his powers. He has to be a little bit more creative. He can't just zap the thing, which I mean, why that is, I'm not exactly sure, but that's, that's, that's the rule. They set up the rule and then they follow that rule. So I'll let it go. Uh but yes, he and uh, he and and Sumo Kiri have a, a a pretty a pretty lengthy confrontation in this in this uh, safe, and he's uh, really not uh, not doing so well. He looks like maybe he has it in hand for a second, but finally, uh, Sumo is able to throw something, which uh, opens up a a water pipe behind him, which drenches Static and sort of shorts out his powers and. Unfortunately, uh, the cops arrive right at that moment, and so Dwayne and Aaron retreat at that point. And that sort of sets up our, our final battle there is as Virgil and Richie have, have an idea of how they're going to, uh, how to, how to solve things. Virgil sort of goes up to Dwayne at the community center and, and tells him you know, I, that he thinks Aaron is a bad influence on him, that he's trying to get him to do bad things and hurt people and Dwayne really won't hear it, but uh, and as Virgil's sort of pondering how he could possibly get through to Aaron, uh, or to Dwayne rather, he notices that Richie is has a uh, a Walkman, 
because this was made <laughs> in the year 2000 <laughs> which honestly it should have been a cd player but i guess because they needed something to record on it had to be a tape player still yep uh i think t- tape players were even a little bit outdated by uh by this point but uh they they hatch a plan so uh we we cut back to the the high school where virgil goes up to aaron and invites him to this party and is kind of winding him up telling him that Frida wants uh, wants to meet Aaron and, and wants to hang out with them, but Virgil sort of mentioned that it uh, he shouldn't bring Dwayne, his little brother, and he asks Aaron if that's going to be a problem because of how uh, how tight they are. But uh, Aaron blows blows uh, blows that off and and tells Virgil that they're not even really related. They're not they're not close and they're not even really brothers. And uh, as they're walking away, we see that Richie, <laughs> Richie, very nondescriptly in the, in a trench coat for some. Hey, Aaron. Guess we kind of got off on the wrong foot the other day. Hmm. Exactly. So I'm having this party on Saturday night. Want you to be there. Who else is coming? Just some friends: Richie, Daisy, Frida, Felix. Frida, she's going to be there? Oh, yeah. And she's really looking forward to seeing you. Just one thing, though. Your brother Dwayne's too young for this bash. No problem. I'll be there by myself. You sure? I know you're tight, you and your bro. And we're not tight. And he's not my brother. He's just a stepbrother. Okay, okay. I believe you. Did you get it? Oh, yeah. Thanks to the shock box. I'm really gonna hate doing this to that little kid. But he's gotta know the truth. Aaron's just taking advantage of it. He brought the duster. He brought the duster to, <laughs> to school that day. Oh, I was like, when I want, when I saw Richie walk out in a trench coat, I was like, yes. <laughs> he should have had like a fedora and been holding up a newspaper or something. Agreed. Just, like what for, like, oh, I'm trying to be nondescript. I'll wear a trench coat. <laughs> oh it's beautiful but yes uh, we we find out that uh with the aid of this tape recorder and of course the trusty shock vox uh, richie is able to record record aaron uh saying all that nasty stuff about Dwayne. and uh, before they can can really deal with it they go back to the community center where once again uh virgil's father is uh, is really concerned about Dwayne and, and, and informs the teenagers that uh Dwayne was once again taken out by Aaron that they were going to the mall together. And that sort of sets up our final fight as it's static versus uh, quite a few colorful characters as he tries to not only fight those, those crazy monsters, but also has to try to get through to Dwayne uh, once and for all. That's right. And uh, they show up to the mall just in time to have a battle with Loco Martian, who apparently was a character <laughs> from a comic book. And there's a very meta conversation uh with nobody in particular statics classic narration where he's talking about (laughs) comic books and it's so meta he might as well look at the camera and wink and and talk directly to the viewer loco martian i love that guy but i didn't think anybody read comics anymore No effect. Big surprise. Wait a minute. In the comics, only one thing could hurt you. Fire. 
never said comics don't teach you anything. And then uh, at, after after discovering and realizing that, wouldn't you know it, this Loco Martian's vulnerability is fire, just as it was in the comics. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> that that uh, that uh, hey, who says that comic books aren't won't teach you anything? Uh, so yeah, we have we have a nice little little meta dialogue there from Static, but. Um, it, Static still tries to appeal to Dwayne, who, as you mentioned, refused to listen to anything. He's so desperate to have this connection with Aaron, he refuses to believe that Aaron's interest is only in his power set and not in him. And uh, so as, as Static continues to try to appeal to that, there are additional characters that, that Static has to fight, including Plant Man and another potential Asian stereotype uh, that, uh-huh. is, that, is, uh, that is used to, to, that Static has to fight until Static realizes that, uh, hey, if, if I continue this, it's, it's not going to do any good. So he has an idea to hook up the tape recorder to the PA system in the mall and he plays the plays the recording that he has of Aaron talking about how Dwayne he's not not that tight with Dwayne and that Dwayne is his stepbrother not his real brother and it's at this point that uh that that Dwayne has had enough and decides to relent despite Aaron's demand that he finish static off he relents and and uh and the items that were attacking static including this dinosaur robot thing that was attacking him <laughs> at the very end uh revert back to their original form of just normal matter and uh it's at this point that static uh recognizes and realizes that it's time to swoop in he uh he does have this brief little pep talk with with Dwayne Dwayne admits that he's not sure what's right or wrong at this time that he's very confused Static reassures him that he has plenty of time to figure that out and how to use his powers. Uh, Aaron comes up and Static decides it's best that he spend his time away from Dwayne in the future and that he's expecting him to admit to the, the police that he's the one that was behind everything as he sort of pins him to the wall with his static cling. And uh, that's, uh, that's kind of where we, uh, where we wrap things up. Yeah, we have a nice little epilogue as Static is sort of leaving the scene. He he sees Richie down below who asks where he's going and he and Virgil says he's going back to the community center to let uh, to let his father know that he did in fact uh, uh, or he was in fact a good influence on Dwayne after all. So, yeah, it's a nice little I guess a nice little little bow to point off to it as, uh, sure. as Static Static literally flies off into the sunset. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, so like I think this episode is really fun. Yeah, as far is. as static fighting weird giant cartoon characters, we'll certainly talk about them with that in visuals. Um, as as like what's our because we talk about a lot of these season one episodes, especially have that like edutainment feel to them. Uh-huh. Uh, I like I don't I don't really know what the message of this one is. <laughs> like don't steal <laughs> or don't get don't give into peer pressure, I guess, even from like family members. Like I don't I feel I don't like really maybe this one we were telling, telling Yeah, maybe people. this one didn't have the edutainment thing to it. It was just kind of a story. Like I don't think too many eight-year-olds are gonna identify with being able to turn any anything, any matter into <laughs> into a living, breathing cartoon. So 
I, you know, I, I think more or less the only, the only learned thing here, you have the moral at the end, like you said, where static was talking about the good that his father is doing and allowing his dad to sort of see that the good that he's doing in the community center center is having a positive impact. And then the fact that his dad clearly showed care for Dwayne throughout because he was sort of worried about, uh, worried about Aaron all along and his influence over Dwayne. So maybe there was some of that, that, uh, you know, uh, seeing the, the, the fruits of your labor, so to speak, pan out in a good way but yeah i don't think from the aaron and and Dwayne side of things it didn't feel like there was much yeah there was much much of a lesson to be learned unless it's just like a very deep deep buried yeah watch out who your friends are or don't be so consumed with being popular or being liked that you do dumb things i don't know but it wasn't it's not overt i agree with you yeah. So, I mean, that being said, uh, I, I think, I think it's fine. I think looking at that, especially where our episode ends with Virgil, you know, talking about going off to, you know, give his father a pat on the back. Maybe you could have had, I mean, we do cut back to Virgil's dad a few times throughout the episode where he's, you know, showing concern for, for Dwayne and everything, but it does feel like maybe if we hit that a little harder, or if the episode is a little more focused on, on Mr. Hawkins and him, you know, maybe being like frustrated or feeling like he's not able to get through to, or he doesn't relate to kids anymore. And then in the end it's, you know, it's his teaching that really saves Dwayne and saves static ultimately. Cause yes, <laughs> the giant dinosaur pretty much has static dead to rights. And, uh, and, and when, when Dwayne sort of uh, decides to turn it back into the, the little toy. So uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we could tweak some things here, but again, overall it's, it's silly. Uh, you know, but it it creates some some fun action beats and and it's you know it's a yeah it's a, a simple little story. Uh, I ended up settling on five out of ten for my plot. Nice. Um, I went a little bit higher. I actually really enjoyed this episode, and I, I will say that my my thought in mind with this was that I was grading on a curve, mm-hmm. uh, especially because we're in season one static. We've had a lot of episodes that we didn't necessarily care for. A couple that we did, but a lot, you know, and I didn't want to be overly critical for an episode. I think it is a lot of fun. I think that maybe not having a moral of the story uh, certainly could could hurt this. But I think as far as a cartoon story with static involved goes, this was this was kind of fun. And I I don't remember seeing this in the original run. It's very possible that I did, but I I didn't remember it too much. So I kind of went in fresh. And I, I got to admit, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for what it was. So I ended up giving plot a, a seven out of 10 for my score. Nice. Yeah, there's a, I, I love the the infusion of sort of the fantasy world too. And it was, we'll talk about in a second here with the cartoon elements and the, the video game stuff. I felt like that really added to the, the fun spirit of this episode. And mm. uh, it, it didn't ever feel like Static was necessarily overmatched until that last scene. Um, so, and, and the fact that the, the little boy, you know, this innocent child ended up having the change of heart at the last bit, it kind of just felt like, I don't know, a random kids movie from the eighties or nineties to me it, mm-hmm. in some way, like static wasn't necessarily the, the focus of the episode. He was, I mean, he wasn't away, but it was, it was more of a Dwayne centered story and with static kind of being there and showing up and kind of helping him at the end. So yeah, I, I, I did enjoy it and maybe grading on a curve uh, set my point a little, points a little bit higher there, but seven out of 10 uh, for, for me for this week. Nice. 
All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be animation and visuals. And I know there are a pair of studios that we mentioned this week, as uh, as oftentimes has been the case as we've reviewed some of these mm-hmm. early episodes of Static. Uh, what did you like from uh, from the visuals for this week? So I think the thing that stands out, uh, Asian stereotypes notwithstanding, mm-hmm. is the uh, is is the the designs of all the different uh, monsters and robots and 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 stuff. You have uh, the the robot that shows up in the on the basketball court. I think that's that's a fun that's design that's again sort of reminiscent of like a transformer. You have the giant sumo wrestler. That's that's pretty fun. And then you have in, in that final bit in the mall, you have a few things. I love. The, the snake train yeah <laughs> like i think that's really wacky and fun um i like the design of that as well with the, like the weird antenna on it and it's um it's like stealing clothes and and putting it in its back and then and then zipping off i think that's fun and and then i really dig a uh, plant guy uh who just looks like plant man it's plant, plant man <laughs> 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 my apologies uh to the plant man community but uh yes he's uh he is uh he's he's a big ball of fun he looks like one of those uh like a like a doom monster yep. but uh but made out of broccoli or something so i thought i thought uh, he he gave me vibes of the uh the raisin brand mascot the sun from the raisin <laughs> brand if you're familiar with the uh the american cereal raisin brand mascot <laughs> Kellogg's raisin brand. Yeah, that was yeah. It was he yeah, he's he was definitely an interesting design. And I w- will say I did not catch the name of the of the character that w- came alongside him, but she did have the the classic like forearm look, which I think is sort of like one of those characters from Mortal Kombat or or Street mm-hmm. Fighter. I, I don't know. One of those fighting games from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was probably some homage to that in that because she was I wanna, clearly... I want to say there's like an X-Men villain who's like a ninja lady with four arms. Too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that could be it too. Could have been an homage to that. No, but I agree with you. Those are those are a ton of fun. And I feel like especially the scene, I, if you didn't have him screaming what closed captioning says is just screaming in foreign language uh the sumo the, the sumo character i thought was hilarious um i just like the way that he moved he moved very much like a cartoon character he's very buoyant lots of bouncing going on and he he kind of changes sizes midway through the fight and he gets stuck in the hole that static digs into the floor and then he's sort of peering down into the hole he's stuck upside down in it trying to get static but I felt like, you know, this is a show that didn't have, I, I, we haven't given great marks for, for the animation for that, especially for the first season. Um, maybe the rubber band man episodes have been the higher ones that we've, I think that we, that we graded for these early episodes, but I felt like because they were, these characters were not based in reality that they could have a little bit more freedom and fun to do to do more with them and they definitely had fun with the actual character designs themselves those were those were tons of fun i thought yeah absolutely that's that's probably the most uh you know the most fun of the episode as far as i I don't know i i don't know if this is just i have to readjust to to season one static but i thought even per season one season one static standpoints like everybody's got these these real big like doe eyes and everybody has really long skinny necks (laughs) 
Like those yeah. were the like there's some and I looked it up. These uh these two studios did team up on I think four other episodes, a couple of which we've covered um throughout seasons one and two. But uh but yeah, I don't I don't know if it was just me having to readjust, but it they, they did seem very and, and again this especially uh, the the slightly offbeat productions uh studio is a New Zealand based studio that's worked on like a lot of Disney and some PBS cartoons and stuff in okay. the uh, in the nineties and two thousands, and I feel like yeah, that definitely had a feel to it. And then the action itself, uh, I almost felt like it almost felt like Super Friends in that because Static couldn't zap anybody or like directly fight them, he had to like zap a, a decoration from the ceiling, which fall which would fall and tie up the uh, uh, Kung Pao, and then. Uh, and then he's using the steel girder to uh, to to stop the the sumo wrestler. It just felt felt very very old school uh, superhero cartoons where there's there's like no no direct physical violence allowed at all. Yeah, that was. I mean, yeah, yeah. There was no punching. There was no kicking. And yeah, it allowed for it. It it felt very much like a like a Spider Man the animated series cartoon. You know, it, you're, <laughs> no physical violence allowed, so you have to figure out some way to contain these people. Which, which uh, he he does zap the sign in the mall that drops down on her, and it it kind of traps her underneath of like one of the letters off of the the signs. Or mm-hmm. uh, as you mentioned in the the scene with the sumo, he ties him up with a steel girder at one point. Um, so yeah, there is there was some different combat uh, than than perhaps we've been used to, but I I feel like maybe that. We, we just haven't watched these episodes in a while. So that's, that's probably <laughs> getting going to be getting used to that. So um, I will say, I will say one of the things that I noticed, which this is not just a static problem, but this is any time that I think I've ever seen this in any cartoon anywhere. I don't know what it is. Maybe things are different now. And maybe, 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 maybe Space Jam was okay with doing it but i don't think there's ever been a successful animation of basketball in in a cartoon and the opening (laughs) scene where the kids are playing basketball it just looks like the people and it's perhaps the people who are in charge of animating it are not familiar with the game of basketball or how to animate somebody dribbling a basketball but there's there's i i cannot remember a time where I've seen a cartoon dribble a basketball and it looks like an actual human being dribbling a basketball. You know what I mean? Like yes. this, and this wasn't supposed to be a cartoon character bouncing a basketball. It was supposed to be live, you know, supposed to be real human beings bouncing basketballs. I, I mm-hmm. just made a note of that. I was like, these people have <laughs> never seen the sport of basketball or were so limited in the way their, their resources to be able to animate this. They should have just done what they did later on in the episode, which they, there's like a, sh- a profile shot of Dwayne just shooting jump shots. I was like, they should have just done that and not tried to animate a full scene where they were actually playing basketball because because this looks so <laughs> bad. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that. But yes, we have we've seen basketball in a few different uh, cartoons, and it always looks a little little, a little janky rough. and weird, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but uh, w- with that said, I think that uh, for the most part, again, grading on a curve, looking at this, I felt like 
most people moved okay uh, in most of the scenes that granted there wasn't a whole lot of walking or or those scenes before that we've been like ah oh, things kind of look a little off here by the way that these characters are moving i will say that one of the things i did notice was aaron has this piece of hair that hangs down in his face and i will credit i wouldn't have drawn that because that single strand of hair we've talked about that before how that was the same thing in Joker's favor with Charlie's single thick <laughs> string of hair across his forehead. Mm-hmm. Like there's just something about it that it doesn't look like hair because it's not going to, they're not going to animate individual strands. So it's just this big clump of something. It looks like Play-Doh or something that's just hanging <laughs> off their head. But I will say when he moves, it swings back and forth very fluidly. So they did a good job of animating the hair. Uh, anyway, with all that said, I grading on a curve for this week uh, and just the, the enjoyment that I got out of the, uh, out of the the designs for all of the various fantasy creatures that were created, I ended up giving animation and visuals a pretty strong seven out of 10. What about you? Yeah. I'm just one point lower there. I went six out of 10. I think it's uh, yeah. I think, I think the, the strength of it is certainly in the, uh, in the, in the fight scenes with the, the crazy, uh, uh, the crazy creatures and, and mascots and 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 things like that. I think that's that's a lot of fun, and I think it, it lends itself to the fact that it doesn't have to, even within the context of this of this fictional cartoon world, it doesn't have to look real in any way. Uh, so I think they they got definitely got to have some fun there and really stretch their legs and come up with some really out there designs. So yeah, that's definitely a lot of fun. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, and that is going to be our music for this week. So uh, I will say this week's music did not offend me in any way. And in fact, I found myself enjoying it in a few places. <laughs> uh, not coincidentally, not a lot of lyrics uh, are, are found in this week's week, week's music. Um, for me, I, I think the, the standouts were likely, and I, I'm interested to hear if you had anything that stood out as well. The, the things that stood out for me were likely the, the two fight scenes, the sumo scene that we mentioned mm-hmm. already, and really that end scene with the mall. Um, and leading up to that, that one's a, a longer, it seems to be a little bit of a longer conflict. And because of that, they actually started playing what sounded like uh, more 8-bit inspired or a very, you know, it would have not been out of place for a, a Super Nintendo video game for that era, whatever bit that was. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just very electronic, very 80s, very synthesizer and uh, and comes through as Static is sort of battling these characters from comic books and, and uh, from video games. So uh, the three battles that he has with these creatures, I felt like the, those were the standouts for the music for me, with the, with the emphasis being really on that final battle. I really enjoyed the music because it changes sort of mid-fight, um, and even as he, as he goes to... Uh, to, as he realizes that he's gonna he has to hook up the the audio device to the PA it sort of crescendos at that point and then it drops out completely as he as he plays back the recording of Aaron but uh, yeah I, I thought that uh, it's it was it was unique I thought it was another thing that they had fun with you have these characters that are based on you know that were supposedly based on video game characters or cartoons so you make the music fit those scenes to fit those specific characters which I feel like is the hallmark of, of some of these, the best DCAU soundtracks that we, uh, that we like to talk about. So I really, really enjoyed the music this week for those. I ended up giving music a pretty strong eight out of 10. What about you? 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I went I went seven out of ten for for pretty much the exact same reasons that you you gave it. I, yeah, I thought the the sort of video game style uh, music was really a nice change of pace here. A lot of times, the the static uh, action sequences, especially I think in these early seasons, just rely pretty heavily on the the main static theme, which we still get a little bit of that worked in. Um, but yeah, going going with sort of each uh, each boss fight, as it were, the having its own a, a bit bit more of a unique sound to uh, to each fight scene, I think really helps uh, helps differentiate that and uh, and and definitely helps it stand out. So uh, yeah, I went uh, with a pretty similar score there. Love it. All right, Liam, let's uh, let's wrap things up this week with our final category, and that is going to be our voice acting. Not a huge cast this week because we didn't have a ton of characters, and we had a bunch of characters, uh, fantasy characters that didn't do a lot of talking. So, uh, so let's talk about this week's voice cast. That's right. Uh, we do briefly have uh, Crystal Scales returning as Daisy, uh, as well as... Uh, we have, we have, of course, Kevin Michael Richardson as Mr. Hawkins, Jason Marsden as Richie, and uh, and then uh, for our for our guest cast here, we do have uh, Lorraine Newman as uh, as Dwayne's mom, who folks would actually know. Speaking of DCAU, she voices Baby Doll in the new Batman Adventures appearance. Uh, uh-huh. Different voice actress, I think, than the original, but uh, they do have her there. And then we have, uh, we have. I will just mention the preacher uh, who you mentioned at the start of the episode is uh, is played by a man named Garrett Morris, who is one of those. If you Google that name and see that picture, you will know who that is. Uh, so I encourage everyone to do that. So I wanted to wanted to mention him. He's been on uh, some sitcoms like the 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 Two Broke Girls show, one of those okay. shows that was on for like seven years and yet will leave no lasting cultural impact. You know no uh, one that was a fan of it or watched it? Yep. Nope, but it lasted for years and years. Might still be on, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but uh, he's, he's been, yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff, so it's one of those names. I think, I want to say he's been, he'd been in some Adam Sandler movies too, but uh, definitely one of those names. It's fun to have him kind of show up and the, and the character design for him kind of looks like the actor as well, so that was kind of a nice touch there. Um, and then yes, our our, our villains uh, or would be villains of the piece. We do have uh, we have Blaine Barbosa. What a fantastic name! Uh, playing playing Dwayne. Uh, I think as as far as kid actors go, you know his 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 characters playing this kind of really sheepish nerdy kid who's you know really unsure of himself. I I think he does a, a good job there and. And you know maybe maybe it's a little you know a little flat in some parts, but for again for for per kid actor standards, uh, I think I think he does a pretty solid job. Yeah, I I thought he was fantastic. I didn't I don't remember very much of him, and maybe it, some of it was because he's playing sort of this innocent child that's teetering on trying to figure out how to please his and, and befriend this brother that he or this stepbrother he clearly looks up to and wants to have a relationship with while also not compromising his moral his morals um but i i thought that he handled it very well and and some of that teetering back and forth where he's sort of hesitant about stealing or trying to you know trying to hurt static there's one scene where 
where uh, at the end of the the bank scene where Aaron mentions that the next time he's gonna you know will be the time that he finishes static off and there's this incredulous response that that Dwayne gives him finish him off that's that's wrong and it's he delivers it with such innocence and you know I I think it was a fantastic performance so yeah I, I really and I thought for a child actor we've heard and discussed many times sort of legendarily bad child acting performances when it comes to car cartoons and uh, I think he he more than more than surpassed those and and did a, a pretty pretty strong solid job for this week's episode. Absolutely, and then uh, our other villain, the uh, the older stepbrother of uh, of Dwayne, we have R.J. Knoll playing uh, playing Aaron, and he's uh, another veteran voice actor. Done some some other video games and cartoons over the years, but. Uh, he's, you know, he's there to be, he's, he's a pretty one note character, I think by design and, and is playing that kind of, you know, at first being completely disinterested and kind of annoyed that he even has to be around this kid to when he figures out that he, that, you know, he might become the meal ticket, then he's, he's really, you know, kind of tries to be super manipulative and he has a real sinister edge to him throughout the episode. So I think, he, you know, as far as that, you know, the evil cartoon you know, bully bad influence on the kid. I think he does a good job there. Yeah, there's, I mean, he, as you mentioned, he, he's not asked to do very much uh, at, at times. I think I, I do appreciate the fact that he sort of slips into like this faux caring mode when he realizes that he's going to have to do more than just try and get Dwayne to do bad things. He like sort of apologizes. He's like, Oh, you're right. You're right. And then realizes he has to sort of be more manipulative. So I, I do appreciate that he, there is that subtlety that he does where he has to come to the realization that he has to, he has to come at this at a different angle in order to get what he wants. So yeah, it's a solid job. There's not a whole lot, as you mentioned that he has to do, uh, now a ton of emotion that he has to show. So uh, hard, hard to gauge it one way or the other, but he didn't do a bad job. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, of course uh, we've talked about him last week and we'll talk about him again this week and several weeks after this, but of course, Phil Lamar playing, playing static, as you mentioned, not a big role for him this week. He's as a, uh, as a lot of the focus is put on, on Aaron and Dwayne, but uh, you know, always, always, always good and solid job. I think he, he has some nice moments there towards the end. First one as Virgil, when he's, uh, when he's trying to convince Dwayne that his brother is, is a bad influence on him. And then when he's sort of appealing to, uh, to him and, and, and at the, at the end in the mall. So uh, again, not, not, not a ton for him to do, but of course, not surprisingly, he does a, a solid job with what he's given. Yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, I, I think the real hallmark is the very end where he gets to talk about flying back to talk to his dad. Uh, you know, seeing seeing him and and Kevin Michael Richardson interact, uh, Mr. Hawk, as, you know, as Mr. Hawkins is is always a joy. That opening scene with the two of them, where Static's trying to get some money out of him in order to, <laughs> he's trying to cajole his uh, not only some some cash out of him, but also perhaps his pin number and his ATM card as well. I thought that was that was great. Come on, pops, just a few bills. It's for food. Junk food, you mean? Besides, I'm low on cash myself till I can get to an ATM. How about I go to the ATM for you? All you got to do is give me your card and your PIN number. Virgil? What in the world? And then uh, then the fact that Static sort of mentions at the end and, 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 uh, and Mr. Lamar's performance is, you know, 
being proud of his dad, he's going to fly back and, and let him know. I thought that was great. But yeah, there's not not a ton that Static had to do this week. Um, there was that comedic part, of course, where he's convincing uh, convincing Dwayne's mom to to let them in to to talk to her about Dwayne, and uh, he he's uh, clearly influenced by the cookie smell in the in the area. I thought that was that was kind of cute too. But <laughs> yeah, not not a ton for him to do, but but solid. It's pretty unsurprisingly, of course. Absolutely. Uh, yes. For all those reasons, I ended up coming to a, a pretty strong seven out of 10 for my voice acting score. Nice. And uh, just as it's been with, uh, with almost every category this week, I just went with a point higher there and I, I ended up with an eight out of 10 uh, for voice acting. So pretty strong scores from both of us, regardless. All right, Liam. Well, that will bring us to our final scores for this week's episode and totaling everything up. I end up with a even 30 out of 40. What about you? Yeah. And uh, like we said, we were only a point or two apart, I think in, in every category, but across four categories that will add up a little bit. So uh, I ended up with a, uh, a little bit lower at 25 out of, out of 40 for, uh, for my final score. All right. So uh, of course we talk about rewatchability. I'd say, even though this is a fun one, it's not really meaningful. It doesn't move the static story along very much. It certainly doesn't play too much into the, the overarching storyline of the bang baby uh, behind the scenes that this first season played into. So uh, I would say that this is definitely not a must watch. If you feel like watching a fun static episode, I think this is a fun one to enjoy, but it's uh, definitely not a, uh, not a, not a must watch for me. What about you? No. I, th- I think if you want to, uh, to be a bit pedantic, uh, this character appears in every episode of Static Shock in the first season because he's in the title sequence. So you could, you could claim that uh, in order to understand the title <laughs> sequence, you have to see this episode. But no, uh, all kidding aside, no, there's not really... Uh, this character doesn't return. This should, seriously, Cadmus should have stuck, should have just snatched this kid up. Like seriously, he's he's magic. He can do, <laughs> and there don't seem to be like strong limits on it. It's not like oh, he can only do it for a couple of minutes. He seems very in control of all of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it would have been fun if uh, if some of these we've talked about that before. Some of these uh, Bang Baby characters could have made it into some of those later JLU seasons, even as cameos. But uh, yeah, all all that aside, as as far as uh, a rewatchability, yeah, I would say this one's pretty skippable. Um, nothing wrong with it. A, a fine way to spend twenty two minutes if you're if you're looking for some some early early in the run static action but uh, not one not one that i'll probably uh, come back to too often if uh, if ever agreed all right liam well that will begin to wrap us up for this week thank you everybody for tuning in to this week's episode don't forget if you are looking to support the podcast you can do that a couple different ways please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app regardless of which one you listen to we guarantee you we're likely on that one we know a couple of those including spotify and apple podcasts allow you to leave reviews we'd love five stars that helps us out a lot um, if uh, if it's like apple Podcasts that you listen to us on as so many of you do uh, you leave us a a, a little blurb also a little review to let people know what you do enjoy about us that helps us out in the old apple algorithm Uh, you can also of course if you'd like to support us monetarily there's a link at the bottom of each episode you can check that out or you can head over to dcaureview.com and click on the shop buy yourself a piece of merch hat sticker mug something 
with a with a logo on it, a fun fun catchy logo. Um, of course, you can also, as we mentioned earlier on in the episode, subscribe to us on the Pod Tower on YouTube. Head over to YouTube.com/slash/thePodTower, and uh, you can not only subscribe and get our episodes, of course, but you get that additional content from our friends. Um, also, if you if you do listen to us on there, or if you even if you don't listen to us on there, subscribing helps, and then liking our videos, of course, as any YouTuber would tell you, is a is a big <laughs> part of that too. So if you don't mind uh, liking the video. Videos, subscribing uh we won't tell you to hit that bell but uh that's what they used to say <laughs> when it came to youtube stuff liam uh we are still here we're going to be sticking with static for the foreseeable future here so that means uh we have a another static episode next week and uh get your tissues everybody this one is uh this one's gonna gonna be making it a little bit dusty in the room i'm afraid yeah, that's right. Uh, we thought uh, next next weekend, of course, will be uh, will be Mother's Day, and and we thought, what uh, what better way to celebrate that than just just bumming everyone out, um, <laughs> just just make everyone super sad. Uh, but yes, we'll be uh, we'll be taking a look at, of course, the the, the classic uh, Static Shock episode. A lot of people remember this one flashback. It's uh, a little bit later in the run in the third season. Um, but yes, it will involve uh, it involves time travel and lots of superhero stuff, but also a uh, very deep and personal story of, of Virgil coming face to face with uh, with his deceased mother. So uh, a lot to dig into with that one, and we look forward to tackling that one. I haven't seen that one in a very very long time, so looking forward to uh, approaching it with fresh eyes next week. Absolutely, and we invite you back to join us next week. But until then, I'm Cal, and I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU. Bye-bye.